Welcome to Passports and Postcards, where we discuss everything travel, from cultural inspirations to exciting destinations and everything in between. With your host, Randall McKeown. And good morning. Yes, no, no singing. No Africa, motherland, Africa, take my hand. I realize I'm not much of a singer. However, I'd like to sort of give you what it was like experience on day four of our, I call it uh, Cape Town uh, tour, although we were nowhere close to Cape Town. So I understood uh, by our itinerary that we were supposed to explore the West Coast National Park. That was only a few kilometers from where we were staying at the Shark Bay. However, if we did explore it. Our driver didn't tell us we were exploring it. And, you know, it, it would have been nice to experience that because it was a guided tour, walking tour through the the nature reserve and having a guide explain things to us. But that was not part of our tour, at least not on this day, day four. However, we did make our way to Buffalo's Fontaine Game and Nature Reserve. Now, it's hard to say that word. Buffalo's Fontaine, so spell it B-U-F-F-A-L-S-F-O-N-T-E-I-N. So that's how it's spelled. And there we got to experience our really first time to see animals in the wild. We were able to see giraffes, white rhino, Ostriches, yes, there was a, a couple, and I guess she was the maternal ostrich as she was looking after all the babies, and there was more than a dozen of the babies running around. It's quite comical watching them scurrying along, female and the male looking out for them. They promised that we'd see lions, which we did. Unfortunately, they were in pens. And so it was a meerkat. They had a meerkat. And I guess, I don't know if the meerkat was recovering from some sort of injury, but it was in a little cage pen. But at least I was able to say that I did see it. It was in Africa. And the same thing with the male lion and the lionesses. They were behind fences and I would call it cages. So I was a little disappointed in that. But again, we did see the giraffes white rhinos, the ostriches, and some different type of antelope, whether it be uh, springbok or uh, whatever it was. We were able to, if it was impalas, I think we saw impalas as well. And the interesting thing on this uh, safari ride, we're driving in this old vehicle that probably comes from about the period of World War II. Huge. It had a seat right almost in front of the driver, off to the, I guess, the right-hand side. And I decided to take that seat. It was great for taking photography and being up close. When driving along, we did stop and see a turtle. Yep, we did see a turtle. And we stopped for a few minutes so people can get pictures of the turtle. Driving in front might have not been the best idea for me because by this time I'm starting to feel really sick. 
and having the dry dust fly in my face as motoring along through this reserve was not good for me. However, I was able to take lots of pictures. Now, to give you a little history of this Buffalo's Fontaine Game and Nature Reserve, this was uh, 1,600 acres, family-owned, and the family bought it uh, so that people could, their family could use it as a getaway on the weekends. And they started off with some cattle, and some ostriches, some small buck roaming the property. Unfortunately, things changed when there was a massive fire in the West Coast, and life as they knew it changed. However, rebuilding or starting over again, the family decided to, why not offer an experience to outsiders? We were able to experience their their hard work in creating Buffalo's Fontaine Game and Reserve for me to enjoy this nature reserve that they had put together was, I think about it, I go back and think about it, it was exciting for me because this was, like I said, the first opportunity to see the animals. And, of course, we didn't see all of them, you know, the ones we're looking for, the big five. But, again, this was animals that roamed these plains in their natural habitat. And it was very, to me, these memories will last a lifetime. And just riding in that Jeep, you know, or whatever you want to call it, safari vehicle, I can still, as I close my eyes, I can remember, I can actually hear the engine roar. And we had a little bit of time before we were boarding the vans to continue on our journey. So we're having a little rest in the, they have a little restaurant area, whatever, and I bought a, a bag of potato chips, flavored potato chips, and I think it was uh, like a bacon or a barbecue flavor. And they weren't too bad, but it wasn't anything that I was used to. But again, you know, you're in another country. It's good to experience things. And, you know, foods, we're looking at a uh, bag of chips, but it was an experience. I do appreciate the guide for taking us around and showing us uh, all the animals. And now it was time to board our van again and head to our next destination, which we're going to go and learn about the sand people. And not sand as is S-A-N-D, but S-A-N. And that was uh, a people that, uh, original people that lived on the land prior to, I guess, the Europeans coming into South Africa. So we went over to a place called Kwa Titi. And this is where the interpretation center, the San people took us on a, a guided tour around, which will be a typical, I guess, uh, how they used to live in their their huts and how they used to hunt and showed us all the different weapons and talked about their culture, their language, even tried to teach us some words using a clicking sound with, clicking sound with our tongues. Uh, but again, we all struggled and we could not master it. But they do do these clicks. And it's very interesting and part of their language. And 
we even had a, what we call an intern uh, who was learning how to guide people through this experience. So she came along with us. Very interesting because not only did they talk about the sand people, they explain, you know, humans and our history and how things once were and how things are today. Now, of course, the sand people, uh, if they're out working, some of them, most of them speak English, but their language, their native language is something they're trying to keep, so don't lose that. After I guided, guided to her, we were um, able to have lunch at the Kwa Titi restaurant. And again, I do not remember what I had that day. I don't remember the food that was served to us, but I do remember it taking quite some time. They were quite busy and short-staffed. But again, this is something we've been finding in the industry uh, everywhere, not just in South Africa, but around the world is that um, hospitality, tourism are finding it difficult to have people to work and provide the services that travel travelers are looking for. We enjoyed a beautiful day that day. Um, again, I, I said at the beginning I was a little bit disappointed in the fact that we didn't get to go into the uh, West Coast National Park because I think, you know, that would have been pretty interesting. So here we're finished with the sand people. And we have to make our way back to our place at the Shark Bay. And we have dinner a la carte, as they call it. I'm not sure what I'm going to have for dinner tonight. But uh, I tell you, it was, it was a very interesting day. I spent most of it outside. Would it be walking with a guide, learning about the sand people, whether it be riding in the front of a safari vehicle with the wind, you know, blowing my wavy hair around. Oh, it wasn't wavy. I have very short hair. And I had a very difficult time trying to keep my safari hat on while at the same time trying to take photos as we were driving along. But it was an experience. And I can, like I said earlier, I can close my eyes and I can hear the sound of the engine and I could feel the wind blowing through my hair, my face. Thank God I don't have to taste the sand. But I am looking for, for whatever the future lies ahead. So next, day five, what's going to happen with day five? Well, we'll have to wait and see. And I do thank you for listening to this podcast. We've been talking about the sand people the history of man. We're able to go to Buffalo's Fountain Game and Nature Reserve and see the animals in the wild and some animals that were penned up. But again, these animals were in their natural habitat. When we start out on these day trips, we do have an itinerary that we're trying to follow them in these guides here in drivers in destination change it up a bit I guess it depending on the weather and whatever else is going on so there are some things that we we have not seen there are some extra things we've seen so 
I think it all works out at the end. It was a full day, day four. I'm exhausted. We're back at the Stillness Manor. And it's time to have some dinner. Do some social media posts. And then head off to bed because, again, like I said, tomorrow's day five. We have a lot of things on the agenda. So thank you for listening. And catch us on the next episode of Passports and Postcards as we go and talk about day five of my great adventure in South Africa.